My guest on this week's episode of Suds and Search is Justin Sanger, founder and CEO of SMB Chain. Justin is a serial entrepreneur who's dedicated his professional life to solving marketing challenges facing small businesses. This is Justin's second appearance on the show. He founded Local Launch back in 2003. Local Launch capitalized on the massive shift from print to digital. I started my career at Local Launch, and I was captivated by Justin's foresight then, and I still find him to be one of the most fascinating people in the industry. What's he doing with SMB Chain, you might be asking? Justin looks at the promise of Web3 and blockchain technology as the next big frontier for innovation that can improve people's lives. Crypto, blockchain, Web3, NFTs, these are some of the most popular topics on social media. There are skeptics, there are people investing large sums of money into it, and there are plenty of people who don't get it at all. I've wanted to have a conversation like this one for a while, but I needed someone with Justin's level of expertise to do it right. This episode isn't only about Web3. It's also about how Justin is positioning SMB chain to solve a major problem for small businesses. In short, he thinks SMBs should own their own data online, and he's on a quest to make sure that they can. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Justin Singer. We'll talk about the enormous potential for Web3. He'll tell me about SMB chain's proof of business concept, We'll spend a little time talking about how SMBs can regain their authenticity online. Well, Justin Sanger, welcome to Susan Search. I should say, welcome back to Susan Search. How have you been? Thank you, Mark. Um, I'm good. I uh, I feel confident uh, and encouraged about you know the new year and what's ahead of us all. And um, I think uh, you know, last time we talked, we were in the thick of things that right. with COVID and. We are moving towards decentralization. The Steelers were doing really good. You know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot has changed, um, but I feel great. It's great to see you again, brother. Likewise, likewise. And, and there's so much I want to cover. You know, I, I'm going to try. I probably did more prep for this interview than any anyone I've ever done. Um, it feels like I've got a returning champion here back uh, back on my on my show. So I want to be careful about how I present this topic. But this is what everyone is talking about. Web3, mm-hmm. crypto, blockchain. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into SMB chain, which is your new venture, and I'm really excited to talk about it, I, I think there are some, some table setting that needs to be done. For one thing, there are skeptics. There are people like you who are putting massive resources into this space. And then there are a bunch of people who just don't know it, just don't know what they don't know. And so, I, I, you know, one of the things I've, I've known you for 15 years, you have an amazing talent for explaining something complex and macro. And making it very accessible, making it touch, be able to touch it and feel it. Yeah, I wonder if we could, if you could help me with some some definitions and, and some terminology. So the first thing we're going to talk a lot about Web three. I'm going to use that term a lot, and that intimates an evolution. You know, i.e. from Web one, Web two, now Web three. If you could, you know, for our audience, describe that evolution. I appreciate that, and I think that it's important to do the blocking and tackling right now. Yes. Right. It's important to do the A, B's and C's. You see a lot of, you know, overzealous behavior. You see a lot of young individuals racing, you know, to, to riches. And we all know that the reality is that shortcuts um, ultimately, you know, are, are, you know, terms that you need to be, concerned about or aware of, you know, there's not many, you know, good shortcuts in life. And so with that in mind, I think everyone's waking up to, you know, the fact that, you know, what everyone's looking at is important.
important. And so with that in mind, we have to go to the, back to the basics. But, you know, Mark, jargon is part of the problem. You know, trying to put too much definition around things is part yeah. of the problem because I might define it one way and you might hear somebody else that defines the exact same thing, right. you know, similarly, but they might be entirely different. So you have to be very, very careful here. And so, yes. you know, the way I, I think I talk about it differently. And I think we need to think about it differently. Um, you know, this concept of Web3 really, it's been here the whole time, you know, mm. to, to a large degree. Um, the, uh, the idealism that um, underwrote Web1 was about the you know, concepts of decentralization. It was about the concepts of access. It was about the concepts of ownership. It was about the concepts of you know, knowledge. Along the way, those ideas have been uh, you know, taken away by centralized entities and, and powers and structures, both you know, public as well as private, you know, of corporations as well as you know, institutions. Yeah. And so one could argue, and it's important to, to, to start this way, I feel, based upon your question, that Web3 has always been here. Yeah. You know, this morning I, was, I pointed to uh, an organization called PointCast. And I don't know whether you remember that or not, but when those of us who saw it back in the, you know, I think it was 96 that it was launched to the public, but founded in 92, it was pushing content out mm. to the user right from a desktop environment. Yeah. But as the story goes, the bandwidth just wasn't there, but my, it was so beautiful. It was right. so beautiful. And it, like many stories in this space are, you have a great you know, entrepreneur with incredible ideas doing the right thing where, and their ideas somehow you know, got gobbled up along the way by big interests. The point here is that Web, you know, he was pushing unique content out you know, PointCast in particular here was pushing unique content out to users, you know, on a personalized basis, you know, bypassing news feeds, bypassing right. Google, bypassing having to search, bypassing having to go to social to weed through what is right and just delivering through, you know, another interesting issue here is the RSS, right? We had yeah. ways by which to syndicate content real simply back in the day that afforded us this, this deep level of personalization, which kind of begets ownership. And the irony about what's happening now is that's what we're after again. Somehow along the way, it's been taken from us. So before one gets carried away that what, you know, what everyone's talking about is so new and so foreign yeah. and so difficult to understand, it, it, it's better to realize that no, it's exactly what you think the internet should have been. It's exactly what you likely want. And it's really a matter of our getting out there and effectively, you know, reclaiming it. And, you know, I think largely we have. The question is, how do we begin to restructure it in a manner which will prevent this from occurring again in the future? It's fascinating. So, look, yeah. Web1, you know, you hear it, I, I think um, – you know, Mr. Dixon, you guys can look him up. He is, you know, he, um, um, like others, uh, have been you know, very uh, vocal in, you know, Web3 principles. 
uh, there, you guys can hunt down the, the, the names, you know, there's some that are more vocal and like, look, it, it, there's base definitions around uh, web one being a, a, a read environment, web two being a write environment, and then web three being a, a own environment. And I think that's a fine way to think about it. But my argument is it's, it's too fine because mm. web one was about own two. Yeah. And it was take it was taken away from us, and there's a movement going on right now that is that shouldn't be quantified or qualified within you know this basic jargon, which you know historically has just confused people. So we are in the owned you know side of the equation squarely, but you know I have been talking about the shared economy for over a decade. The shared economy has been a a precept of what the internet was capable of and that is being able to use our energy more effectively even from a barter and sharing perspective and my interest in local certainly you know necessitated my looking at you know that type of economic arrangement now you have things like token economics that sit on top of it so everything is there for us to execute as we've always wanted to I'm sure as we'll get into in the course of this conversation, the issue really is what have we been up against and why have the innovators and why have the entrepreneurs been prevented from, you know, creating the solutions that really would drive not only, you know, better local activity, but better macro news, better cooperation, not only domestically, but internationally. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that, it's amazing. That's exactly where I was going to go, which is the promise was there, right? Web one, we had the promise of this. It seems as if somehow we lost our way, um, that the promise of decentralization from the beginning was there. And then something happened to interfere with that. Uh, people got in the way. Uh, it wasn't as entrepreneurial as it could have been. You know, what happened? Who, who, who interfered? Who got in the way? Who are the people who are who are stifling this sort of innovation, Justin? Well, look, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist <laughs> to see where search and social, for example, traffic goes through or right. who owns, you know, the devices or if you want to go further into the, you know, Internet of Things world, what we tend to use that's hooked up to the Internet. Um, and how that's been centralized. And I, the interesting thing for me and why my dialogue is, I think, unique to other things that you might hear out there is there's a certain level of that that's important and it's necessary because the quest for knowledge, the quest for truth, the ability to have confidence in data like mapping or, you know, the information that we rely upon to send our kids to school. This is, this shouldn't be, you know, debated or compete, you know, this shouldn't be competition amongst those who have it and those who don't, you know, those who have good stuff and those who who don't. I I hope we get there uh, in this conversation shortly, but, uh, you know, centralization when it comes to, good data is really super important. I think the real bigger issues around Web2 are, yes, we've got, you know, these trillion dollar organizations and that they're, it's extraordinary how powerful they are. They're bigger than any, you know, nation state for sure. And, you know, it's, it's, we rely upon them. You go around the world, you see how reliant 
everyone is upon these these same things. And everyone wants to, you know, point the finger there that, hey, during Web 2, uh, you know, post this ideal, you know, this, this quest for decentralization, these idealistic, you know, um, you know concepts towards decentralization, the democratization of the web, we, we lost our way towards these big Goliath organizations that became, you know, these centralized forces. Well, you know, the reality, again, is, is I will argue, it's not that simple. You know, as I suggested here, we need good, consistent knowledge. And so we need at some point to be able to agree upon things. And things like common protocols establish that, common data protocols establish that. What has happened, though, is there's been a lot of greed that's formed around, you know, the, you know the, this quest between the individual and knowledge, yeah. right? And, and it boils down to kind of access of sorts. And it's this, during web two, one's willingness to kind of take advantage of that, that knowledge gap or take advantage of yeah. the space that exists between the user and say Google, for example, right. you know, which you and I are, are intimately familiar with. We're all, we're all familiar with all these, actually. All humans are mm -hmm. familiar with these things. We all use these things. Some just don't have access to it, right? But these things are ubiquitous in our lives. But it's the space between those things that we rely upon are critical. My wife is in the car right now. She's at a yoga class right now. She's She's going into her seven month of pregnancy. I'm su super excited about it. I, I get more nervous. Thank you. I get more nervous than usual. She's at a new place. It's a prenatal. Thank you for that. Uh, it's a prenatal class and all that good stuff. You know, this local data is super, super important to me. So the question is like, who's in the way mm -hmm. of my house in that place? Yeah. And during Web 2, it's not Google that got in the way per se at all. It's all those greedy and grubby hands yes. that, you know, wanted to, you know, make sure that what you were looking at was they had access to or they were they were privy to or they were part of you know and so a lot of those that's where a lot of data was sold and, it, and is still being sold in the first place and that's where a lot of mis misinformation occurs and then you know look web 2 the, the big problem here is it's an ad driven world mark and right. i was in dubai last week and i right. said I said, look, I, you know, I, I said a lot of things are dead in the past. You know, it'd be funny to re revisit some of those things. Um, I would suggest, though, I've been accurate in, in that prognosis. Here, I said, I, I, I'm saying advertising is dead, Mark. I, I, it is. It, from a pure demographic perspective alone, it's just like to be given something that is going to take away and somehow convince me of something. It's just, and our internet is, the Web2 model is a ad-driven model, and that requires data. And it's like the the earnings per share, the, the, the hunt for just increases in earnings per share, which is shareholder pressure. It's not Mark Zuckerberg pressure. That's shareholder pressure. He's under that damn pressure. Right. So if they need data, data, data to get better ads so people can click on them, which gets more dollars. And it's just this engine that starts to go. It's because we rely upon you know ads to fund, frankly, the internet that has led to this issue. And so, you know, people that want to just point a finger, it's pretty short-sighted. It, it misses a lot of dynamics that have collided over the 
this last decade or so. And I think the ad model is being uprooted. And what we're moving towards is, you know, a, a model wherein we reward the content creators, we reward people for their attention, we reward them for their time. So the eyeballs that we used to take advantage of, advantage of extracting from information about so somebody else could, you know, monetize instead this new economy web three is about saying no we value those eyes so much that our environment is about rewarding you directly and in fact you know our the purest amongst us we want you looking at things that move you that you're passionate about things that express your individuality um, which is super right. important within um you know concepts of, of web three um so Centralization, as, as we'll talk about, actually helps certain types of centralization helps to ensure that that takes place, right. helps to ensure that we have those freedoms to begin to you know, use the Internet more effectively. So please go ahead. No, I think if I could summarize what I'm hearing. So, like, again, most people listening to this broadcast probably have never made a single transaction with cryptocurrency. Um, but the idea is it's coming. There's a way of the future and it's coming for everything in every sector of the economy. It's going to change how you buy goods and services. It's going to change how you invest. It's going to change uh, how you go to yoga, to use your, your example, how you your options for entertainment it will impact every segment of the economy. Once and once you start to notice these little use cases for this stuff, you can't stop seeing them. They, they come up over and over again. So it's only logical. I think um, you and I have both been in, in local uh, advertising and marketing for SMBs for a long time now, uh, you longer than me, but it's only logical. This will inevitably change the business and the industry that I'm in. Um, do you agree with that framing? Have, have I framed sort of the, the summary so far accurately? It will change the business that you're in for sure. It already has. Yes. That's you know part of the issue is that everyone's waking up to the fact that everything has changed and wondering what, what to do about it. Um, you know, on the digital currency side of the equation, this, like any other major kind of revolution, will be will take place in parts. And you know, I like to start that conversation off by you know talking about digital currency, what it means. But before that, it's a wallet, right? Yeah. What does it mean to have a wallet if you're a small business? What is that? A afford you, right? Mm -hmm. What does that afford you with respect to storing things? What type of things? What form would those take, right? What would it afford you with respect to accepting things from others? Would it benefit revenue? What's the net value? What would afford you relative to storing your capital for higher interest? you know, opportunities. This is where the real dialogue goes. And this is why um, you're here and I'm here because it's the answers are really, really positive. The challenge, like it has always been, is getting people to pay attention, you know, to the things that are really important. And historically, the reason why those that should be paying attention haven't 
as I suggested, you know, previously, is because we have a really busy channel and really greedy channel that wants to get their grubby hands inside of things. We call them, you know, intermediaries, yeah. these middlemen. They're not necessary. It's 2022, and we can move somebody from point A to point B, whether we're talking about money or we're talking about knowledge, without having somebody um, in between, which will then in turn change the relative context of what it is that's trying to be achieved, whether it be from a timetable perspective or from a value perspective or even from uh, a knowledge and education perspective. And that's the scary thing. And that's, you know, what I think, you know, we are waking up to as, as not only a nation, but a world, uh, the ease by which that middle space is, is manipulable and how critical it is for us to be able to create you know this what is referred to as this frictionless environment this very transparent environment um but again that's not you know to mean that it's in support of criminals and it's in support of nefarious behavior and that's where these dialogues start getting crazy and you know i'm afraid that like u.s regulators you know don't even know where to begin in terms of understanding these things and that's part of the problem too is that we've all gone so far so fast and we have nobody left to talk to which is why we we've just you know moved to you know to create the infrastructure and have started the process on our own um so in terms of digital currency for smbs it's going to be here it's growing up just like the internet did in its, you know, its own little circles, in this case, in the cryptocurrency markets, you know, people are learning to trade. It's dangerous and scary. I, I can tell you anyone that claims to have made money in that space, I would, number one, start to question the conversation henceforth um, because it's full of losses. It's full of heartbreak. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of money to be made and, and everyone has made money at times. It's also dangerous and it's just low volume, low market cap. So it's easy, easily manipulable. And then what you're doing is you're trading invariably protocols based upon, you know, tokens that are kind of created out of, out of, you know, thin air. They're, they're supposed to have value and they have function, but people don't even understand what function those things have is what is it a governance token so therefore they should be participating in what what you know the, the network's trying to do or is it a utility token which by nature is trying to stabilize value mm -hmm. within some type of you know uh, um, some type of economic arrangement within the network so people don't even know what they're doing what they're investing right. in and it's scary but you know, this is what happens when new markets are, are started. Exactly. You need this envelope pushing. I got started by looking at that. You know, others got started by mining Bitcoin. Right. And, and God bless us because we're here now and we know that blockchain is has already changed the world and it needs to change the world. It's our, the closest proxy that we have on earth to absolute truth, right? Our ability to understand knowledge to its fullest. And the argument is that, like, let's stop trying to put walls around this knowledge. Let's share it in a manner that's not for one's, you know, own purposes or one's own pocketbook. I'm going to try not to swear here. <laughs> um, instead, right, for the greater good, yeah. for the greater good, right? You know, within our starting within our city, starting within our city, within our homes, yeah. then within our city, and then. And then beyond, but our ability to now cooperate between here and Shanghai is as is it needs to happen. It's in place, and all we have to do is snap things now, and the you know agreeing upon common protocols that enable you know when I say knowledge, I'm talking about science, I'm talking about environmentalism, I'm talking about immigration, I'm talking about health and welfare, I'm talking about the things that keep us 
from moving effectively, right? That are either slowed down by bureaucratic red tape, human discretion, these things can be removed vis-a-vis the blockchain are already have. The question is how far are we able to take it from a cooperative perspective? And there's some areas that are further along than others. And then there's some that we have to just move around in certain ways based upon this until it just is. And we're kind of here right now. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I'm going to agree with you on a lot. I find this, you're very persuasive and, and I'm, I'm art. You're, you're preaching to the, the converted to me a little bit, but there are skeptics, right? There are people who are out there who are skeptics. Uh, I, I found some tweets before that crypto is a cult. Crypto is a fad that cannot die soon enough. Uh, people argue it's bad for the environment. Uh, there's sort of a political bent to this that I don't even pretend to understand. You are, you have skeptic or people are skeptical of this. What message do you have for the skeptics? What, what could you tell them to try and turn them around to this, the promise of this? I don't generalize and I certainly don't respond to people who generalize like that. Um, so I don't want to waste my time. If you have a specific question there, I heard a number of, of issues. This is the problem too. It's just like Republican, Democrat, yes. good bot. Right. You know, and it's, you know, go, go look in the mirror, go cook a meal for your wife and slow the hell down. <laughs> right. Let's look at policy yeah. then. Let's look at specific issues. Cause if you find you talk to the average person, we agree so much on issues, right. but when we refuse to actually look at those issues, instead we feel more comfortable with color, you know, and things of that nature. Um, it, it's protective for us. And, you know, the gigs up with, um, with web three in that uh, we're not doing that anymore. Um, you know, we, it's all about trying to get to, to, you know, better information quicker and understanding who's, who's, who's holding these things hostage. So there's a lot of interest out there that would like to see the current systems continue to operate as is. And I think within those interests, you'll hear specific arguments. And so whether you're talking about Wall Street or you're talking about Washington or you're talking about local data on Google, you've got different parties that are all culpable to, you know, preventing the realities of blockchain te- technology and the efficiencies and an inherent, uh, the potential for, for uh, equalities that is inherent within it um, from surfacing adequately. And instead they want to point to things like, hey, the crypto market is bad for the environment. It's so short-sighted. Right. You know what's bad for the environment? Oil. That's bad for the environment. You know, pollution. That's bad for the environment. You know, I, I oceans. And so the same people that have been sitting on fucking problems my entire lifetime are going to now point to my market as somehow being, you know, ecologically unfriendly. It, put those people in front of me, yeah. right? It, we, it, we laugh and scoff at the idea that Bitcoin mining, albeit it uses power. So, it, you know, without a doubt, we're talking about computational power. Without a doubt, we are talking about hardware. But think about what it's being saved. Nobody's thinking about in terms of the opportunity Thank cost you. or the cost Thank benefit you. of the whole yep. thing, right? It's like, yeah, you have a cost, but what's the damn benefit? I can tell Bingo. you that the relative cost, which everyone wants to focus on, is nothing relative to the benefit right or the opportunity cost of not doing it which is things like getting in our cars or pumping more barrels of oil right there's 
and this is the short-sightedness that bothers me. And this is, you know, this is the environmental side of the equation alone. You know, you can pick a topic, any topic with respect to those who are, you know, naysayers about what's coming. But, you know, I heard a lot of people back in the day that said the internet was a threat, right? right? I, I mean, we still remember. have yeah. some of those. Um, yeah. 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 So, how'd that work out for them? <laughs> exactly. So, well, listen, I want to, I want to kind of shift gears. We, you, you're, the last time you were on, if there was a headline out of our last conversation, is that SMBs have been sold the wrong products. There was a, that was the overarching theme throughout our whole conversation. We touched on LSAs. We touched on some other things. But they're being sold the wrong products. And in turn, there's a bunch of negative downstream effects from that. Today and in that conversation, you mentioned there are these middlemen and intermediaries. And they operate like shakedown artists. Do you, you know what I'm saying? So now enter... SMB chain now enter blockchain. You know wh- how can how can this this technology in Web three disrupt that ecosystem that, that you discussed? That is really a nasty ecosystem, and, and put more control in the hands of the SMB. Unfortunately for them, very easily. Um, the question really fundamentally for us is how we're going to work with them because there's great people within web two, mm-hmm. you know, and there's great people that are in positions, you know, that, you know, get paychecks right. and, you know, they have families and we have to be very, very careful, you know, wall street, it's not a game, yeah. right. And, you know, people that are beating their drums and saying down, you know, those are kids. Right. right? You know, decentralization without leadership, wrong world. Right. Um, so the there needs to be a way to do this that everyone can work yeah. together. I think that we're so fortunate to be here. We're so fortunate to this have this opportunity, and nobody is at fault for how things are per se. We've all inherited uh. a bunch of shit. <laughs> I mean, you pick the topic, any topic, we've inherited it. But I think we're finally saying, I don't care whether you're 15 or whether you are 95, enough's right. enough. Everyone wants to play the generational. We're the generation that says, you know, and yeah, okay, great. Well, I think we have a great generation. I think everyone thinks that, should think that they have a great generation. But you know what we all are saying right now? Enough's right. enough. And it's not about fighting anymore. Certainly not about dropping bombs or coding against each other Hmm. or coding against each other. (laughs) It's about coding with each other, right? Um, In this case, three coding with two, right? Three need, web three needed to cooperate, you know, what we're calling three, which a lot of people will argue, stop doing that, Justin, but for, for simplicity purposes, you know, the movement around, you know, decentralized, you know, technologies and blockchain technologies and even the centralized portions of it, Web3, it, it had a lot of battles going on internally and it needed to work itself out and largely has, I feel, you know, minus the regulatory side of the equation, which is going to get rid of a lot of fraud that is, that's sitting within the crypto space. So you're seeing now us, uh, being able to turn back and look what we're turning back to something that we know so so well and we're really prepared and you know smb chain certainly 
addressing that, but I can tell you F&B chain is going to give birth to a lot of different companies. We already know which ones are coming first and they're extraordinary business models. And so for us, it's about let's get that first layer done. And that layer is all data. And so I have people that I haven't felt good about in the web two space, you know, for the record and, but they know who they are, you know, and it's not my place, you know, to on a one-sided in a one-sided manner, start calling out specific organizations. In fact, if anything, I'll defend them. I would defend them right now from, from Google to, to, to Microsoft, um, to, you know, the smallest agency to people are doing reputation management wrong. I mean, it's not their fault. It's nobody's fault, you know, and the ones that are greedy, the ones that we're pulling, the ones that we're preventing innovation, they know who they are. They're the ones that need to be worried. Right. And they're the ones that have been squeezed and will continue to be squeezed. They're the ones that will (laughs) are pointing the finger probably at Web3 and say, oh no, right. I need to preserve, I need to preserve this cozy environment that I have at the expense of everyone else. So, you know, again, those days are over. (laughs) They've met their match. We have them. And so now why would, if if that's the case, why would we have a war with what was underneath them? We don't. Our war was what, with, the tower was causing that, that greed. And you know what happens when you really distill it down. You're talking about the 1% of the 1% right. of the 1%. That, that's where it is. That's where it was. That's where it will continue to exist. And the idea that you can slip through, you know, a, a free democratic capitalistic economy and somehow, you know, create that much power within the context of the internet per right. se, at the expense, it, those days are gone. And I'm saying no more, and I'm saying no more with respect to that. I wish we start, we start there because it's going to go so far. I'm talking about a, these days, Mark, I think you, you'll like it, brother, a, a global, local data initiative yep. from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe. And that's not rhetoric. The politicians right. speak rhetoric. We, the developing community, the developers, we speak right. truth. This is what we're developing towards. This is what we're doing. And when I say that, you know, that's an A to Z of data should be a right within each of these places. And what's so interesting, you know, in the United States in particular, it's just like, oh, yeah, I use this and I get to where I want to go, whether it's Apple or blah, blah, And like other places, they don't even, uh, they don't even exist, right? Or notwithstanding having their local place exist. And it's, it's frightening. And but it's also an opportunity. You can look at things and say, hey, I can't do anything about it. Or you can look at something and say, damn it, because of that, it's going to be easier for us to do something about it. And there's a big group of us that are, are starting there. And it's going to be, they're going to leapfrog, you know, some of the, uh, I was just in the, you know, Middle East and Northern Africa region, and I can't wait to continue to go back and see these places. But they're the ones that are most prepared to say, okay, yeah, I wasn't in that bullshit before. So therefore, yeah, let's just, start doing the, the good stuff. And so we're going to be working with the people in the Web2 community, whether, you know, where, wherever they are. But yes, they were sold the wrong par- products. They continue to be sold the wrong products. Yeah, I am angry mm-hmm. about it. And 
you know, I think that for the purpose of this conversation, we can talk about the local organic stack, marketing stack, which is made up of three primary products, business identity products, which is I'll control your information for you, reputation management, and that's I'll be able to, you know, make sure that your right. reputation online in face of your customers is taken care of by my kids. And then social media, which was this bizarre construct that when Facebook came along that we're going to send something out that somebody cares about um, through the news feed of Facebook, which hardly anyone can control. And, and so those things that, that why I'm so angry about that portion and why we're tacking really going after that portion in particular is because that's the free part. Google's the one that's paying the price right now. All of our friends at Google, right? All those years we spent with that organization. And I, I, you know, I would like to talk to anyone. You know, I listen to people. I've listened to interviews of people speaking out about G and class. I'm like, what, what are you saying? Like, really, what do you, do you know really what you're talking about? Like trying to get an answer and what it means to really get the right answer quickly and effectively and the criticality of that and why having two, three different types of answers to the something when somebody is, in the case of a service person coming into your house between the hours of 11 and one o'clock when your wife's home alone and you don't know from what, do you know how important that is? This isn't something you fuck yeah. around with. Yeah. Right. And, and G has been there. And you, you know, last time we talked, they're within the construct of the local service ads um, and where they were solving that particular problem. And it's all about getting you know, better information, right. getting better data. But here you have a very, very busy, busy channel, as I call it, which is made up of products sales organizations, people that are attaching these products to whatever they have because they're taking advantage of the fact that they think small businesses are too busy. They don't know how to deal with their Google right. profile. It's become too complex for them to deal with. And instead, they charge them hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of dollars and they use jargon and unnecessarily, unnecessarily excuse me a second, I got to close these words. Um, they use this jargon unnecessarily, and it, it hurts everyone. You know, a few people make money, and but but it, the consumer is losing. The locals are losing, and that's the issue. And it's been happening for a long time. It's like a microcosm that's been playing out all over the world. So it's you can take this analog to any to yeah. anything to whether it be transportation or whether it be a media, whether it be there's consolidation of forms that are happening and busy people in there that are preventing real access to the type of stuff that is really needed here on earth to make progress on problems that we already know yeah. to be true. Right. And so I, I, I'm a very much a fan of the, uh, you know, of, of everything that they have done. And I feel like they got a bad rap and now they're going to be sitting in Washington with right. antitrust. And, you know, they're, they're sitting in front of regulators who are being advised, but I have no idea. The arguments I've heard from people advising the regulators, they make no sense to oh, me. Yeah. So I'm scared. Like, what's going to come out of this? What they're going to decide to throw away? I do think it needs to be broken up, right? 91% of all, 
you know, uh, search directional traffic is happening through there, and there's ways by which to take it out. I mean, there's different assets within um, within Google that they themselves and others will be first to say, yeah, we could that should have belonged here, and that really was the technology. That type of parsing can happen, but by the regulators or by those who actually have created it, and that's kind of what's happening now. Those who really are, in, in, you know, sitting above that kind of nation state are able to kind of look at the situation and deal with it, and when they do, they look at that middle ground and local and they say, no more. No more should a third party be speaking on behalf of a business when it comes to their core business information. Right. What when they're open, how good that, you know, that deck was that was right. built or how good that that carpet uh, came out where that stain, you know, was was impenetrable, we thought. And, you know, these these basic qualitative, you know, even quantitative concepts that get lost. No agency can represent yeah, yeah. that for the business and all Google and, and, and even all of them, all the major local search providers. It's not it's not it's not it's not the issue. In fact, if. People realize that we might have more competition amongst the other local search providers and that everyone has this quest, you know, this, this really strong appetite, this thirst, I should say, for good metadata. But it's not coming from the businesses. They don't, they don't have it. They don't provide it. And they certainly yeah. don't own it. It's coming from these people who are, have invented products that say, we're going to manage it for you. Well, did you wake up today with the winds blowing 80 miles per hour such that we didn't, you know, open our doors? And were you able to tell my customers yeah, yeah, yeah. that? And this is why I go back to that concept of point cast, for example. In 1992, you know, he understood that, hey, we can just push the most important things out. If I go to a place every single morning at 9 a.m., we already know these things to be true. If that place was not opening because the winds blew out, I don't need to do anything, search anything. I don't need to go to social. I don't need to pick up the phone. That could have just came right to me and say, hey. Hey brother, you know we're not going to be here until you know two hours later. We just wanted to give you the, the head start on that. Are you telling me we're talking artificial intelligence? We're talking about all kinds of things, you know, gaming. We're talking about the metaverse. We're talking about the metaverse, and we haven't even figured out how the the muffin place down the street can effectively get the information to me. That's what Web three is about. It's us saying no more to all those things in between that are preventing that action from taking place the same idealism that that underlie uh, awesome. well, now, now i really want to talk about smb chain like get into it a little bit because in our first conversations the, the thing i love about it is the promise of authenticity that you said to me that in one of the first conversations smbs have outsourced their pulse and it's scary you mentioned on this conversation the muffin example that the no third party can know about what's essential about your dry cleaners or the Chinese food restaurant, the, the egg roll at your Chinese food restaurant. How does SMB chain help give that authenticity back to the business owner? How can we return it back to them? And, um, and what what more promise is there with SMB chain to return this to the business owner and to give the consumer a better experience about everything there is to know about that SMB? Well, today they pay for it. So today, if businesses are going to succeed, because you have to be online to succeed. And if you're online, that means you have to be on, on Google, really, you have to be discoverable, whether it's somebody just looking for your name 
or somebody looking for your type of business, hopefully, you, you need you need to be there. Um, so that it's kind of non-negotiable, but today they pay for it and they pay for it and it's intimidating. Not only that, but then they're being, they get called every single call. It's so, it seems so weird, right? From all these other companies saying, hey, no, I can do it better and you can do it better. And so that that's the, the as is, that's, that's the current mm-hmm. state of things. And there's a lot of fat cats sitting around, you know, while, while that, while that's happening, the, in the, in this new world, um, the business is in charge. They're in charge of their own information, right? It, it's, it's, it's rather simple. You own the information that describes you publicly, right? We lock it down at SMB chain by way of a business NFT. Um, we use a non-fungible token to express right. ownership, ownership, which is in, invariably transferable, right? It's also fractionable. We can do things with NFTs, even on the consumer side of the equation, but allows us to use encryption, private and ultimately public key to unlock, um, you know, knowledge that we know to be certain about who is the originator of this content. It's so strange that literally we've, we've told business owners and the people that work for them that, hey, you shouldn't be talking to, the, to, you know, to Google and to your customers online about what's happening on a day-to-day basis. We have it for you. And anyone in the space knows it's impossible to have it for them because the margins are so thin, notwithstanding the lack of knowledge within what's happening within that business prevents it. So what, what happens, you, you, you placate the customer and you just kind of, you come up with these really kind of effective, what we call intelligent ways by which to create content and send it out and we say, hey, look, you got all this activity. Meanwhile, this activity has really nothing to do with with the marketing services and agencies and we're going to we're telling that story and i'm going to go out there and tell that story and it's going to be loud lots of pr lots of people involved and it's like businesses you need to take control of your basic information it doesn't mean you need to sit in front of a computer in the morning for 45 minutes that's really really silly the reason why i i think that this has been terribly overcomplicated mark is because the argument exists in that Small business owners are too busy right. and it's too complex right. for them to do. Wait, hold on a second. These are the same small business owners that are on Facebook. They do posts now to their grandchildren or, or to their friends. Or, or They're the same ones that are on Instagram or any other major tool. They're the same ones that are using email. They're the same ones that have been interacting with these devices forever. Are you really to suggest that they're incapable of doing those same things within the context of, of speaking of their business? Not only is it a lie, but it's hurting us right. Terribly. It must come from them. They're the only ones with that knowledge that, hey, that yoga studio today, we're really cranking up the heat because today we have that sun coming in and blah, 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 which is going to create a condition that Nancy shouldn't be there today. So even if you care about sending Nancy into the car with that or not. And you ask the average small business, they would say, of course, we want Nancy to know about that. But, oh, somebody else does that for us. Wait, do they do that for us? It's, it's literally so silly. I've had enough. I've literally had enough. So the business NFT locks it down and then we publish it to a blockchain um, a record. The blockchain record is going to take place, you know, replace every, you know, concept of a profile that you need to have. We call it unstoppable because it's the ultimate iteration. We're, we're really going to be looking at this new RSS3 environment. The idea that we can push information to 
consumer bases that they want it, you know, neatly to be delivered to them right from profile structures without intermediaries is really, really important to us. But so too is the distribution of that content. We view Google as friendly, but we certainly view um, organizations like Nextdoor yeah, as equally friendly. And anyone else has been that has been working really, really hard within the local space. You know, Yelp is an example. They've been working really hard. I don't care what you think about them. There's those that have been working hard in it and they're after, you know, making these changes and there's those that have been taking advantage of it, right? And so we're going to be at the table with those that, you know, really want to make the local internet better for people. And if I hear, you know, anything to the contrary, then, you know, we're walking away and we're going to be taking names because, We can't progress. We can't progress unless we can agree upon a core set of data and what people see these days and how data is literally programming how we think and how our children think. It has become critical that at minimum, we can agree upon the stuff that we rely upon when we get in our cars or we get a, we, we, we pull out our strollers or we, we, we leave our kids, uh, leave their hands um, to their teachers at school. We need to be able to agree on the ground, the people around us, the things we interact with. Everyone in the world that is listening to this is doing things that are inherently local. You can't escape that fact. We're in the moment and it is local. So can't we agree to a base set of, of data that could help our lives, you know, be more effective, enrich our uh, enrich our day to day. That's what I'm after. And within that, Mark, is the opportunity to find new things, right? I can, you know, find that park where I can catch that snook at that right time of season because somebody put that metadata in or somebody took ownership of that asset because it exists within the community. And you know, I was after that work when I was working on support local and right. And it's this ability to say that, Hey, look, when you, when you really decentral, you know, deconstruct, I should say local, right. You really deconstruct it. You're just talking about kind of people and places and then the connective tissue, like time, time and like in this connective yeah. tissue of experiences and being able to and everything else yeah. is just noise so web 3 is gonna we're gonna put that all back together I, I can tell and I, you know too, eh? I want to mention something else from your speech in Dubai you mentioned that content distributions mm-hmm. are rewarded with SMB tokens so in other words there's going to be a reward mm-hmm. for this sort of it's incentivized those tokens can be exchanged in mm-hmm. the network you know for services I imagine and uh, you know when you get into this token, this is where this starts to go over my head and my understanding, but I can tell this is massively important. This is, this is really the game changer. The tokens can be something that's very, very interesting. I want to give you the floor, explain how this will work in price. How do the tokens, how do these, this content distribution system work uh, in practice? Well, you know, not only are they not paying for products that, provide poor representation of, of, of the business, but we're actually incentivizing it. So the argument's been, hey, if you can't get the data, you might as well create products where you can you know, do it for them. They'll pay for that. It's, it's so ridiculous. No, the answer actually is you pay them for it. If you really need it, which everyone does, Google needs it, everyone needs it, your wife needs it, everyone needs it. So then let's, if, if, if somebody's unwilling to do it, then you force it by giving them the ultimate incentive, right? And so tokens are a proxy for, in other words, they're a representation of value. That's all they are. 
And, you know, there's lots of debate as to, you know, whether they're a, a security under uh, U.S., you know, uh, security laws or whether, you know, you can bypass these environments and create offshore organizations and, you know, use these things and, and create, uh, begin to trade them in, in, in liquid environments. And um, it, there's a lot going on here. And so I, I do not want to get into the details there. I, it is an extraordinarily important and tricky space, and it needs uh, to be dealt with as such very, very carefully. For the purposes of this conversation, what I'll say is this, we are, we are on top of it all, and we will be launching something um, equivalent to a token. Um, likely, it is going to be, a, well, from the start, it's going to be really similar to a point-based yeah. You know, system and structure whereby, look, all you really are, if you're, if the thesis is that you're really just representing value and then the value needs to be exchanged, it, it's valuable because somebody else recognizes it. And if it can be recognized in the, in the face of a tra another transaction, which is what will happen within SMB chain within the network itself in exchange for other services, then you have value creation in the face of tokenization. And so uh, the lowest common denominator for us is a really cool and uh, mm -hmm. interesting a network that allows businesses when they update their content they have what's right. equivalent to token points so their SMB tokens a token SMB points and that's another thing that people tend to do they're, they're overcomplicating things and saying oh shit oh because of Ripple or because of this there's no way I would touch you know uh, tokens and oh you're, you're doing that so therefore SMB chain should be bad I'm <laughs> like okay no no, you think I would be messing around with putting people in, you know, in, in front of, you know, in violation right. of securities law? I mean, I like to push the envelope as, a, as an entrepreneur, but uh, certainly not at the right, expense right. of my family. And, and will not do so, but I will push the envelope. And we will, you know, the key here is to transfer value. And it's today, it's taking value away from SMBs and even individuals, because individuals are the product online. Take, mm -hmm. take, take away from them. And what we're doing in Web3 is we're transferring value back to them and giving it to them. Our proxy in this space is token. And token economics is the most important thing that I've learned, I think, in my life, really understanding what's happening with token economics and how it unleashes real unique value in individuals. And it will underlie economic you know, frameworks, contracts, yes. smart contract structures in the future. It will, period. So the question is kind of agreeing to where, what it looks like from a securities perspective. There's different types of tokens. There's the governance to kind of support these things you're hearing about, like DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, where you have like staking involved, where, where the community itself is involved, it, it highly decentralized in some cases, in some cases highly centralized, communities involved in making decisions. Well, that takes place by ownership of tokens on the governance side. And then you have something which is the utility token, which enables kind of transactional you know, uh, activity within network functions itself, wherein you have you know, the idea that a utility token price would be fluctuating, be inflationary, is kind of contradictory to what you want in a stable functioning network. And then on top of that, you've got these things called, which is really the most important thing that people need to be paying attention to right now, and that's really stable coins. And that's using something, a digital currency, which is stable as kind of a way by which we can, you know, proxy the uh, a USD. A USD, we saw it in China that the, with, with the digital one, that's the first major move there, no surprise. 
you're going to see the same thing happen throughout the world here. And, and you're going to see the involvement of new, you know, centralized, you know, bank digital currencies in the process, organizing around these things from a regulatory perspective. What that allows is, you know, we get back to that question of, hey, a wallet, because that's part of our business, too. We're going to help you get that wallet where you're going to store things like your business NFT, which represents data ownership. But it's going to provide the basis whereby you can now start to accept uh, digital currency. And when you accept digital currency, you don't want, everyone thinks, oh shit, now I'm going to be entering this volatile, strange market on Binance. Where the hell is Binance anyways? And who owns it? No, no, no. You know, you actually can, you can sit neatly within things like, um, you know, the circle is a very important one. You know, Paxos, there's all kinds of organizations that are, have been fighting significantly. Tether in, mm-hmm. as another example of them. And, and I want to go too far here because there's a lot of pressure here about kind of what backs these things and how stable is stable. But we've gone very, very far. We understand, you know, from a collateralization perspective, especially knowing what we're up against when we have no collateral on the fiat side of the equation. Here we actually are being held to, you know, our feet to the fire and, and we have answers, you know, and saying that, look, this, this digital currency has the ability to provide stable value so you can move money into it and you can actually gain interest on these, in the, on these types of things really, really effectively and easily, Mark. And now you can start moving these, these base digital currencies around things like USD, um, USDC, um, United States digital uh, a, a coin. You guys look, look some of these things up. I'm not here to, to create things on record when I, when I bring up names and things. Um, a very complex sp- uh, space, but this is the stable coins. And so when somebody talks about tokens, you got, again, like I, this, this thing about, hey, some, you know, a lot of people are critics of the industry. It's like, okay, I'm not right. even going there. When somebody brings up tokens, it's like, I'm not even going there. Are you talking about staying within U.S. security laws right now? Are you talking about creating a business in BVI and, and doing things? Are you talking about our ability to spin something out in, in another country, which is pro-crypto and allow our business? Because there's all kinds of ways to move around, but Look, we're building what I believe to be the next, you know, layer, the infrastructure layer on the web. And it's not it's not for cowboys and Indians fighting. This is for real men who want and women in particular. And we need more of and more diversity and more because that's what this is about. And this is about doing it right. And it's about laying the tracks that enable us more insight into the things that have caused pressure on what should be rather obvious, you know, and from an access, uh, you know, to knowledge perspective, uh, ability to transact perspective, everyone is, you know, questioning these ideas of, you know, digital currency, can you, you know, what does it mean to, for somebody not to have access to your wallet and be able to, you know, do things without the knowledge of somebody else using digital currency, you know, Mark, it's so funny that you kind of go like, uh, have you never used cash, cash before? Because, you know, isn't that what cash is? You take a whole bunch of money out and you can use it anywhere and nobody really knows. They either receive, no, and, and suddenly it's kind of a big deal. And so people really need to begin to level set what they're talking about here. The good news is, you know, I'm prepared to leave that. You are. Up. And some other people are too. I think one of the things I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, you know, a bet on SMB chain is a bet on jockeys, not on horses. You've got like this remarkable team that you're assembling. Every time I look at your social media, you've got a new team member who's like a luminary in this space or something like that. I, I just want to highlight the team that you've assembled there. Who's on board? Who's, who's doing what there? It, it would be unfair for me to start this process because it, 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 yeah. they're that good. 
Um, you know, my success is, is, is purely a, a reflection of the people I surround myself with. Um, and my knowledge comes directly of things that I'm able to absorb. And, you know, people, are, I just find people so extraordinary. And my, in this case, it, it was so much rich, deep talent in every aspect of of what it is we're attempting to do. So, you know, whether we're talking about insiders at Google or whether we're talking about pioneers of the True pioneers, on yeah. the line, the communications yeah. on the web today, yeah, or, you know, founders of technology that's ubiquitous. We have, we, we, we have, we have them. We also have a, you know, it's very interesting, you know, we're going to be launching around the world, as I, as I suggested. And so, you know, there's some really big markets that we're in, you know, we're going to be out there, you know, doing things in, in, in native tongue, whether, you know, we did this yep. before at local launch, um, you know, we expanded throughout, um, you know, I throughout Europe time. and we're yeah. going to be doing the same. Yeah, did. You did. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Russia, uh, uh, Shanghai, um, uh, India, you know, South America, these, oh, data, why is it that Fort Lauderdale would be any more important to us, knowing that, you know, this isn't about, you know, building the next centralized monster, you know, we're creating our own DAO. I believe, not I believe, I know we're creating the next major ecosystem. This ecosystem is not about the founders, which is why I'm part of not even mention them right now. And, and we're also a Wyoming state, uh, which allows for that, um, is, is that we want to reconstruct the internet in the right way for, for, our, for our legacy, for, for our children. For the things that have gone wrong, we want to get right. Everyone wants to put their hands in the air and say, okay, it is, it is what it is. Yeah, and you know, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. And there's a lot of us that just said, no, we're willing to take the risk. And it's dangerous. You know? We're willing to take the risk, though, and say no more. We can stand up to those powers to be those that have done everything they can to hold on to that power. Again, from one side to the other, um, the preservation of power, um, only for it to be passed down. Um, to, uh, to, to those familiar with that power, it, it, those days are over. And the internet was to expose that originally, right. to open up that access. And, and we're, here to, we're here to do that um, again. We're, we're, we're going to continue to fight for well, just you, that. You're a fascinating person, and this is a fascinating topic. There's no way. I mean, we, we, could, do, we could do three shows an hour piece on this. Um, I, wa I, talk, I, wa I want to stay... Uh, stay up to date with us and, and anybody watching, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get a bunch of new followers from this. If people are interested in, in you and SMB chain, how do you suggest they connect with you guys? What's, what's the best way to, to, to get in touch with you and, and with the other members of your team? Well, we're going to be out there pretty publicly in the next month with, you know, ways in which people can sign up community at the end of the day is everything for us. And it is going to be a big community effort. But at the same time, it, I want you to know that we're sweeping, we're going to be sweeping the globe from a data perspective. And we've already begun the process. This is not going to be, you know, Justin Sanger and a bunch of, you know, luminaries, you know, you know, with their hands, you know, bloody all the time. We've right. done the hard work. We're taking it back now. And, and so it's a lot of reconfiguring and repositioning. We've been at this model SMB chain is not, you know, it's not just launching. I first started this business in 2018 and I had people around me who understand exactly what it means to pull it together. The things that you don't see are, are you don't see for a reason. 
You know, there's a lot of copycats in the space. There's a lot of people that want to get their hands in. And a lot of the technology that a lot of us wrote back in the early days was, has been taken advantage of. And many of us don't want to put stuff out there in the manner that we had in the past until we are certain that we have the path clear. And, um, you know, I feel like uh, many of us are more confident than ever that we have the right groups in place that are listening and they span. Like when I talk about groups, we're talking about the majors themselves, you know, both from, you know, political perspective, regulatory perspective, as well as technology perspectives. You better be listening. The hackers are, are here, right? The, the, the people are here. And we care about our rights, not yours, ours. We care about access. You don't control our, our news feed anymore. No way we'll take you down if you think your news feed controls our lives. You are not the porthole to my children or my wife or what I will do tonight. You only think you are. You only position yourself as such. And so, you know, look, these things are, are changing and leaders are, are standing up and, and that are brave. It's no longer engineers, though, Mark. Yes. It's artists. It's orders. We need people from from all walks to stand up. From those with no access should be the ones standing up. You know, because we're coming for you. We're coming for you. You need access to, to information, to knowledge, to, to simple things. Starting with, hey, let's get some basic right. data online about you know businesses that can service you during COVID. We, you know, this, this op we have this just tremendous opportunity. We've learned so much. We've gravitated to the things that we care about the most, the people that are closest to us. We've learned how to work from home. We've learned how to trust. But you know what happened during this period of time is it put a lot of pressure on the internet, a lot of, put a lot of pressure on the local internet to give us answers for things that we weren't looking for. And Google was racing. They were putting out all kinds of advanced, what's referred to as attributes about a business right. that will give you information about whether you can go there, whether you can get curb Dizzy. Time up you can yeah. do all these things well guess what all the agencies all the products they, they didn't make the right. changes on behalf of the business um, across the board there's some that did the smaller agencies the qualitative ones god bless them i'm not talking about you guys the ones that do great work and that's why we're coming back with grace that's why we're in control now because there's so many good people out there but broad based the people didn't have the right information these cracks were exposed and when we piece this thing back together in this post-COVID environment, we will not be going back to old. Whether it's the corporate real estate sitting in downtown somewhere that forces us in a box or going back to the same technology that we know was, was made to rip off people only because they were incapable of understanding their jargon. Some of us say no more. We learn too much about the world in, during this period of time. And Web3 represents that. So all the naysayers can do what they want. They can't stop us. I call it the hydro. You cut us off at one point. We're coming back and coming back and coming back. So pay attention. And guess what? We're watching you now. We're watching you. And so how can you get involved? Talk to the person next to you. Talk to the person closest to you. SMB chain's not going to be the conduit for everyone to do what we're talking about. The condo is within you. The difference about Web3 is that it is about you this time. It used to be about them. You were, right. the, pro you were the product to them. They were making money off of you. But, and then shoving you down a news feed to try to tell you how to think. And then we, right. then we bitch about it. And then in the case of Google, it's like, and even in the case of Facebook, don't get me wrong, because I am a fan. They, they, the decisions that they made, they could have made so many easy decisions, basic filters. Local filters, allowing for basic groups to happen within social structures, 
social is going to start to segment quickly. I hope those guys are on their toes, you know, because they can't fight progress anymore because of earnings. And they thought they could fight science for earnings. No way. And then science thought they could fight art. No way. We have this incredible opportunity right now. There's been a convergence, this wonderful you know, time. And it's kind of a heads up for everyone. Um, it starts with you. It's understanding the types of things that I'm talking about and learning how to get involved. I'm not going anywhere. We'll be very vocal about this whole thing. And um, I look forward to it. I really appreciate your time and your patience if you've gone this far. And Mark, you know how much yeah. I care about it. Feelings are mutual. I'm here and I just, I, I, as a, on a personal note, I'd love to see you like this. Like you're, you're, you're back, you're enthusiastic, you're passionate, you're doing get your hands on the controls and um, I'm looking for, I'm going to have a front row seat to all this stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching you. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to sign off now, but Justin, thank you so much for coming on and best of luck to you and everybody at SMB chain. 